To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode is also brought to you by pbandjoey.com. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for the all-new dark roast coffee. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, folks, open an account today with Weeble, and with just a $100 deposit, you'll get four free stocks. And if you refer a friend, you'll get two more. Such a simple way to start a portfolio with the power of a desktop, tablet, or cell phone. With Weeble, you'll get zero commission fees, access to pre-market trading, and in-depth analytical tools for more advanced users. If you want to support this program, go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the Weeble banner in the contact section. That way, I'll get free stocks, and you'll get free stocks. Now, that's something most of us can agree on. Terms and conditions do apply. See Weeble.com for more information. Thank you to Weeble, and please trade responsibly. Housewives, so they're generally hitting the Moscato too because they need something sweet in their lives because their husband is sour. That ring on your finger? Some pygmy died digging that out of a hole for you to say I do and ruin some guys like you know look at that dude he's got a hernia shaped like a bag of pretzels that he just ate. You're going to Thailand you're going to smash some dude going over there for guy time but it's not with his buddies what does it say on the bottle well if it says that on the bottle why did you put it on your head all these actors did was shut their mouths because they didn't want to be run out of Hollywood now a bad batch of Chinese food has you blowing insurance premiums on vitamin fucking D really too much That's what we're I going sound like Bill Maher really John really? really we can't do this anymore auntie i'll see you at the bar mitzvah almost like it never existed but it fucking did so do me a favor go yourself jay here positive sarcasm.com recorded here from the sandbox like subscribe share donate positive sarcasm.com slash donate any amount is appreciated you can watch uh, you can watch. You can watch on Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm. You can watch on YouTube, Positive Sarcasm Podcast. And, of course, you can watch on Rumble. Rumble is Positive Sarcasm. Uh, if you want to listen to the podcasts anywhere where podcasts are available, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, anywhere where podcasts are available. And I believe it's also on Amazon, but uh, who cares? So, yeah, it's, I mean, anywhere you want to, if you have questions or concerns, comments, you can email me directly, positive sarcasm at outlook.com, or you can just go directly to my website as well and hit on the contact section there and email me any questions, concerns, or client requests that you may have. We have made it. It is the end of 2021, and congratulations to me. I did not kill anyone this year. Yes, that's right. Thank you to everybody who held my arms back so I didn't choke the living shit out of the rest of the world. I truly, truly appreciate it. I could not have made it without your guidance. Thank you so, so much. This is the last podcast of 2021 where I will look forward to spending some holiday time away to kind of get my uh, my mental ammunition back because 2022 looks like it's going to turn out to be... A giant shit show. Yes, that's right. I think from every way, shape, or form about it, I don't think it looks like it's going to be... I mean, I might do rather well um, as... Well, I mean, obviously. I am I think I'm probably going to do okay. I mean, it's either going to go one way or another. I'm either going to 
try to make things work in this great state of New Hampshire, or I'm just going to say fuck it and move to Vero Beach, Florida. It's going to be one way or another. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. But let's face it. Uh, it, it was a fight. You know what's funny? If um, you told me, if you told me at the end of 2019 that, or excuse me, if you told me at the end of 2000, yeah, 2019 or at the end of 2020, that this was going to take place for the next two years, whatever happens in my life. And at the end of it, I would end up in a cottage by the ocean with my best friend. But I had to go through all of this. Would you do it? And my answer is, yeah. I would have absolutely gone through all the pain and suffering. I just would have been better prepared. But as far as my decision-making goes, I absolutely stand by my decision-making. I think I made the right decisions at the end of, at the end of this year when all is said and done. I, I feel my, my best, um, and I think I'm in a better place because of it. So, yeah, I mean despite the insanity of it and the amount of money that I had to fork over during it, if I didn't make the decisions that I did, I wouldn't be where I am. It's truly nothing more than that. It's just, it's, it's as simple as that. That's, I had, I made decisions. I wasn't aware of the consequences, but I was doing it with the best of intentions. And then everything happened. And then I ended up in a fight and then I ended up where I am. And I, I am totally happy with it. Totally happy with, with all of it. So if you were to tell me that this was going to happen and I had a chance to avoid it, the only way out is through. And that's all I could say for the rest of you. But I did want to uh, brush up on this. This will be a relatively short podcast. We'll get in, we'll do Q&A, and we'll get out. But 2021 was an interesting year for people maybe not wanting to go back to the cubicle. And for a lot of people... Not really wanting to go back to work at all. And for many, not really having the option to go back to work at all. To lose their job. Because they made a personal choice. Uh, or a value-driven choice. But to those of you who just don't want to go back... Like, I know I've, sh I've shit on lazy people all day long. But I know. Get, up, get your ass up. Tie your shoelaces and go to work. What kind of work are you going to, though? That's the thing. If you're not going to work in, in a meaningful environment, then just then don't do it. I mean, I get well, you'll have to swallow your pride for a few years doing some corporate bullshit job, but you, will, you can only do that for so long before you give up your dreams. The reason a lot of people do is because they just they run out of time. They forget why they were doing this this bad gig to begin with. And then... That's it. They just start making compromises. And the next thing you know, that little corner store that they were investing in possibly opening and, you know, working their own hours is gone. Now, some people lost their businesses due to the poor choices made by administrations during the pandemic. I I, I get that. But it, it doesn't mean that a lot of you can't use that blueprint to try again or start a new dream. But those of you who are working full-time in like an office, ugh, I'm not sure you'd want to go back. And I think I do sympathize with you if you just don't want to go back at all. Now, don't get me wrong. You should find something else. But 
if it's a corporate gig, an office job, I've been there. They're all the same. It's all the same. Corporate speak and and middle management and quotas and uh, uh, what do you call it? Oh, yeah. Um, metrics. You've heard that word before. But there was a, there's an article I got from my assistant producer that talks about it's like a more of like an op-ed about not wanting to go back to work and how how to lure employees back if they can. But we'll just read right through it and see what uh, our thoughts are about it. Uh, this is from uh, Stephen uh, Vaughn Nichols. He's a contributing editor over at ZDNet. Uh, the title of the article is How to Lure Employees Back to the Office. You can't. Not now and not ever. Hi, Chasey boy. So many owners and bosses still want employees back with their nose to the cubicle grindstone. Grindstone, excuse me. Forget that noise. Months have gone by and the great resignation keeps rolling along. Some people thought that people some people thought that people would come flocking back to the office once generous unemployment benefits ended. Nope, wrong. Months after Republican states cut the $300 a week federal benefit and other benefits expired, there have been no rush to return to the workforce. Well, let's be honest, it would be the same in any state, regardless of the politics. Uh, there are many reasons for this. People don't want to catch COVID-19. People are sick of bad jobs, early retirement, and the one I care about today, bosses still think they can force skilled workers to return to the office. COVID-19 thing, yeah, some people definitely, that is a concern. Bad jobs is mostly the main thing uh, because a lot of people had epiphanies during this whole situation about stuff that you know the things they truly care about and what they can go without and a lot of people had uh value values uh, values epiphanies where it's like why was i doing this to begin with and what am i learning to live without so on the uh actually let me pop this article on the screen hold on chase hold on sorry buddy i had to cover your face up anyways let me keep going on with this um I said it before and I'll say it again. That's not going to happen. People with... <laughs> Every time I grab the, the mouse, Chase like nudges my hand. He's like, pet me. That's it. I got, I got, I'll just use my left hand. That's what she said. I said it before and I'll say it again. It's not going to happen. Uh, people with talent and high, high value skills, like mostly technology workers, aren't returning to traditional offices. You don't have to believe me, though. Look at the numbers being reported. A hack a job survey of 2,000 UK tech workers and employers found not three quarters, 72% of tech workers said having the ability to do remote work was very important to them. All by the, all, and by the way, just over one in five were looking for new jobs with remote work. A more recent Microsoft survey found UK techs, techies felt even stronger about the issue. In this survey, they found over half the employees would consider quitting if you tried to force them back into the office. It's not just the UK. The, for, the future foreign pulse survey were found Survey found IT workers in the US, UK, Australia, France, Germany, and Japan all had one thing in common. Most want to work at least part of the time remotely. To be precise, 75% want flexibility in where they work, while 93% want flexibility in when they work. Why? Top reason. Better work-life balance. The problem? Many executives and owners haven't gotten the clue yet. 44% said they'd wanted to work from the office daily. Employees? 17%. Three quarters of the bosses said they wanted to work from the office three to five days a week versus 34% of employees. Can we say disconnect? I can. And here's the point. Today, for the first time in my lifetime, workers, not employers, are in the driver's seat. 
One of the easiest things you can give your tech workers is the ability to work from home. Agreed. Any doubts you may have about people not doing a good job unless you're looking over their shoulders should have vanished by now. After all, some guy named Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of a little company named Facebook, recently said, I found that working remotely has given me much more space for long-term thinking and helped me spend more time with my family, which has made me happier and more productive at work. I can combat that thought process. It's not just Zuckerberg, but we'll come back to it. Eric Bonjolfson, director of the Stanford Digital Economy Lab and MIT postdoctoral scholar, Georgios Petropoulos, found in their analysis of the 5.4% increase in U.S. labor productivity in the first quarter of 2021, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, that some of this came from compressing a decade's worth of digital innovation in areas like remote work in less than a year. Looking ahead, they see the biggest productivity incoming impact coming from the continuation of the work from home trend. Workers agree. The monthly academic workfromhomeresearch.com survey found that almost six out of 10 workers reported being more productive working from home. On average, respondents, producti respondents productivity at home was 7% higher than they expected. In short, working from home is here to stay. And they calculate that these working arrangements will increase overall worker productivity in the U.S. by 5% as compared with the pre-pandemic economy. Uh, child care has a lot to do with that because child care, if you're not aware, is insanely expensive. Absolutely insanely expensive. So keep that in, keep that in mind. The idea to, to, to work from home for a lot of, uh, a lot of women and some men um, has real advantages. It, I mean, in a huge economic way, but still, that may not be enough. In other words, working from home works, but that doesn't mean you must give up the traditional office entirely. You don't. In the Dice State of Remote Work report, there's remote work spectrums. Sure, some workers never want to cross the office transom again, but others like a flexible work schedule where they can work outside of the office and set a number of days per week or month. By Dice's account, only one in five workers are bound and determined to never come back into the office again. 75% would be fine with flex work, but pay attention, folks. Only 3% want to go back into old school nine to fives every day, every weekday at the office. I mean, I repeat, a mere 3% want to return. As most of you knew it, in the 2010s, indeed, 7% of respondents said they would even take a 5% salary cut to work remotely. Why do they feel so strongly? It's simple. It works better for them and for your company. 53% of technologists listed greater productivity. Uh, a technologist is a very high paying gig, by the way. They normally make like $175,000 to $200,000 a year. 53% of technologists listed greater productivity as one of the main benefits of working from home. Another 59% said that feeling more relaxed while working was a major benefit. As for their personal benefits, 80% agree that money saved on commuting is the main perk. Like Zuckerberg, 47% find it find it gives them a better work-life balance it's not that they're sitting back and watching squid game instead of working haha <laughs> that's a <laughs> whatever instead of working many bosses bosses feared as it is having the extra minutes to get the kids lunch ready take the dog out for a while oh i can't say he's sitting right next to me i can't say that word uh w-a-l-k or see the doctor while they're still being able to get their work done the work from home trend dice believes is the only way to grow stronger, I agree. I think anyone who's been paying attention to the transformation of the 21st century must agree. You can either get along with, go along with the flow or you can fight it and lose your staffers and then your company. I know which one I'd rather do. Well, I think, yeah, is working from home a perk? Absolutely. I think with just the current environment, with everything going around, people want to have a better work-life balance. 
things are more expensive right now. And the idea to be able to work from home if your kids, because kids are doing remote learning too. Where the hell are they going to do remote learning from at home when parents aren't around? God, no. no. There's no such thing as latchkey kids anymore. Come on. Come on, man. So that's not happening. So kids are always on the computer. They're either, they're at school, whether it's at home or at school, they're at school. The other I, I thing of, of, of having, um, you know, illnesses going around, whether it's the flu or whatever, people would decide maybe they can continue to work and not take PTO time or sick time continuing to work. So if they're continuing if they're continuing to work while at home and they're just they're being as productive, whether they got like the clue or the clue, <laughs> the clue, the you know, the the flu or weak, you know, weak stomach for some reason, but they're still getting their work done, you know, that's a balance that helps in their favor. Uh the childcare thing, like I said, that's thousands of dollars a month that that a lot of people have to spend. And the amount of single parents that are out there right now, it can be very, very difficult. So for their ability to have small children at home and for them to still be able to earn the ability to work from home while being able to keep an eye on their children without them being a nuisance is awesome. It saves them a ton of money and it allows them to save up for more important things. So those are things to take into account. <clears throat> the thing is though, the software technology in order to make that work from home experience fluid. I've been through this environment. I can tell you still, even if you are working from home, it doesn't mean you like your job any better. Okay. Working from home for me when I did it sucked. The place I worked for sucked. I hated everything about it. I hated the experience. I hated the, I hated the, uh, the internet blockouts. I hated the virtual meetings. I hated the communication. I just hated everything about it. To me, it was just, it was actually worse from my experience. So it begs the question, are people just not, what percentage of people are just not going to come back at all? What people turned 20, had went through 2020 and had this like value, this experience that kind of changed their values, their outlook on life and where they wanted to live and what did they want, what they wanted to do and uh, who they wanted to be with and just just their, their their search for meaning in general why would they want to go back to this shitty ass job or how much longer would they want to go to i mean i just I, I spoke with a woman i used to work with um she did like 25 years and she was finally able to retire but you don't get that anymore you don't get that anymore 25 years at a company that's extremely rare Extremely rare to work. Extremely rare to work for a company for that period of time. Be able to retire with your pension or your four hundred one k or something to that nature, and close out the show on a good note. That doesn't happen. I see that happening less and less. So, what do you want to do? And a lot of these people just don't want to go back to the office at all. They don't care if they're not making. I don't know how they're making their money or if they're making their money at all, but they just don't want to come back. They don't want to go. They're just like, screw it. We're done. We're done. So I'm not, if it's a shit job and people don't want to work and they're, and I, like I said, if they're not getting paid, they're not getting paid. Whether it's from the government, from the state, through pension, through side gigs. I don't know. I have no idea. 
but that's not for, for that's not my analysis to, to work in right now. My the thing is, if people don't want to go back to work to, for their shitty jobs, well, I don't know what else to tell you. I really don't. It's they don't want to work and they don't want to work, and uh, I don't know the rhyme or reason other than the ones I maybe just stated. Like if some people just don't want to go back to work. I guess you're just going to have to find a way to be more innovative to get your processes done or just be a better company. There's a lot of people that claim to be uh, fast-paced work environments, multitask, great uh, great teams and fluidity and balance. And they just use all these big-ass buzzwords. And at the end of the day, it's just a shitty, it's just a shitty job with shitty coworkers, shitty pay and, 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 and shitty growth. And it's just shitty. And a lot of people realize that now and they just, they don't want to work. They don't want to go in there. Now, obviously they realize that walking into the environment is shitty. So now they're going to work at home. And once they realize that the work and home environment is shitty, they don't, they don't want to walk downstairs or into that spare bedroom because for them, that's also walking into the office and they don't want to step foot in there because the minute they see that door, they get anxiety and they don't want to do it. And they just, they change. It's almost like having a, a fucking poltergeist in the house. In the house, you don't, you just, you know, they're there, and it changes the whole dynamic of the house. It changes the person. So maybe they just don't come back at all. The question is, what does the next two years bring for the amount of people that actually just don't work, or what do they do? That's the question. What do they end up doing? Do they end up starting their own businesses or? A lot of people maybe didn't want to go and get the jab, so maybe they're thinking about moving to different states and starting businesses there. I don't know. All these variables to consider lead, leads to a lot. It's a lot of uncertainty that I'm not sure about. Now, I obviously, if they decide to go with their value system and move somewhere and start their own business, I wish y'all the luck. I wish you the best. I think that's the greatest thing you could ever do for yourself. But just know, it's going to take more work than you expected. But if you truly appreciate the process of doing it it will work out absolutely so um that was uh, that was courtesy of zdnet steven von nichols let's go ahead and close up with some q a and then uh we'll just close out the year i didn't really make this a huge deal kind of just wanted to get in uh do my q a and get out because i have a lot of packing to do so uh let's go ahead and finish up with some q a should i tell anyone my boss threatened to fire me unless I left a work-related note at a co-worker's relative's grave. Three weeks ago, one of my co-workers lost a relative. She has been off work on bereavement and family leave. Our boss isn't happy with her being off for so long. Since it is out of his control and he doesn't get to approve or deny her leave in this case, the empl the HR department is in charge of that. Oh, that was just a... Uh... Let's see. There we go. He doesn't get to, you know, the HR department is in charge of that. I have been doing my best to ignore him whenever he complains. Last week, my bo boss gave me an envelope with my coworker's name on it and told me to leave it at the grave of my coworker's relative. He said it was in condolence card at first, but I didn't buy it because of our work had already sent a card. When I asked him about it again, he said it was a note with some work-related items only she knows about and it needs answers as soon as possible and she won't answer her personal work personal not work phone call when she calls her he gave me some directions to the cemetery and everything i hope you don't judge me for this but i did what he said and brought the envelope to the grave i don't know if she has seen it yet i am horrified and disgusted with this i am disgusted with myself you should be my boss threatened my job if he if i didn't but it's still no excuse i don't even care 
I don't even have a year of work experience, not counting internships at college. I was scared of being fired, so I did it. But now I'm disgusted with myself, as you should be, and I don't know what to do about this. I imagine telling my boss off or telling his boss, but I'm scared to actually do it. I wish I had never delivered the letter, but I don't know what to do next. Exactly what you should do is you need to go to uh, human resources. You need to talk to the other boss, the heavier, higher boss, and you need to document all of this information. So in case something bad does happen to you, you can go and get yourself a lawyer. You did the wrong thing, but you can rectify it by doing the right thing. This person who told you to do this, instructed you and threatened you with your job, that is a huge violation of every conceivable contract you can think of. And I mean, criminal, I don't know, but is it against any company policy that you could ever possibly imagine? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So you did the wrong th thing because you were, you were scared and you felt like it threatened your so-called career. But what you need to do is you need to do the right thing and go to that person's boss and then say you're going to HR after this and you're documenting everything that had taken place. And you're also going to talk to the uh, co-worker on bereavement and apologize. You're going to do all the right things because that's the only thing you have. Uh, that's the only thing you have left in your pocket at this point. Let's move on to the next article. The next, uh, you know, thing. How can I convince my family that my eight-year-old niece insulted me by observing that I look different in 20-year-old photo? Huh? My brother and his daughter came to stay with me and my husband over Thanksgiving. They live a few hours away, so it's always easy. It's always a joy to be able to get together again. My niece Ivy is eight, and my brother shares custody of Ivy with his ex. I know this might seem minor to some people, but I'm really irritated by passive-aggressive comment that Ivy made about me at my house. I have a framed picture of me at my high school graduation in my living room amongst other pictures of me and my husband. Ivy pointed out to the picture before dinner and asked, who is that in the picture? And I explained that was me. She said, oh, you look so different there. I know what that means. That means you are old and ugly. I graduated about 20 years ago and it stung that I have rubbed in my face. After dinner, when my husband and I were alone, I brought up the comment how rude and hurtful it was. My husband said that I was beautiful and not to overthink it or discuss it with my brother. That being said, if she says saying this to her own aunt, what is she saying to other people? Wait. Hold on a second. You're... Wait a minute. Hold on. This is an eight... An eight-year-old said that you look different in a photo that's 20 years old? No shit. No shit. You look... You, were, you look different in a photo... I look different... You know what? I, if I look at a photo of me when I was 18 years old or 20 years old, you know what I'd be? 18. I'd be 18. Would I look different? Yeah. Absolutely. I look like a fucking virgin. So what do you expect from me? Honestly, that's... I, I don't... Why, why is everybody so goddamn sensitive? Yeah, Ivy's eight. She saw a picture of somebody. It happened to be you. It said you look different because it's true. Are you old and ugly? I don't know. Were you ugly back then? Were you? Are you ugly now? Why are you ugly now? You know, maybe there's something you could do about it. Or maybe you're just, you have this huge complex and you fail to see the truth of it all. And if your husband says you're beautiful, then shut the fuck up and take the compliment. Jeez. I think you're just, you're, you're digging some really silly holes. And I, I, I think you have an actual problem. Moving on to the next one. I'm, I'm, I couldn't talk to a person like this. 
Was I wrong to give my coworker a fantasy novel to broaden her horizons instead of one of the books she put on her wish list? For Secret Santa, I got Sarah, who put down a bunch of books that she wanted, as well as other things like socks, tea, and candy. Oh, no. I was a little disappointed, to be honest, because I really like to shop for people and give really cool gifts that were just blah things. And these were just blah things. When I looked up all the books to get her, I found when they were all ro I found out that they were all romance novels. I felt kind of cringe buying her romance novels, so I looked at the common themes and found a really good fantasy novel to buy her instead of instead called Warbreaker by Brandon Sanderson. It has romance in it too. I figured she likes to read, then she'd be happy to broaden her horizons and branch out. I also got her some Baby Yoda socks, no problem with that, to go with it because it doesn't. Who doesn't like Baby Yoda and some Bigelow tea that look good? We did the exchange this morning, and she looked visibly confused when she opened hers. She changed her face changed her face to surprised slash happy, but this really bothered me. In the break room later, I heard her talking and complaining. She didn't get why some of the she didn't get why someone got her these things. The other person said they probably were upset they got a woman instead of a man, which I thought was rude. I'm a woman, so I just I'm just not a pumpkin spice latte and a Hallmark woman. Then after I saw her give the socks to someone else saying they could have them for their kid. I was honestly really bothered by us. I put thought and effort into the gift. Am I an asshole for getting her something to branch out of her humdrum romance genre and Baby Yoda socks? Uh, I thought everyone liked Baby Yoda. Well, look, when a woman tell you, tells you directly what she wants, guess what? That's what she wants. And if you give her those things and... If you give her exactly what she wants and then she complains about not getting what she wants, then she's a psychopath. And first of all, giving coworkers gifts in a corporate environment, that's a super hit and miss. But if a woman wants romance novels, you get her romance novels. If she doesn't want Baby Yoda socks, don't get her Baby Yoda socks. I got to be honest with you. Not everybody's a Star Wars fan. Some people are Star Trek fans. So maybe you should got her like, you know, some Starship Enterprise socks. You ever think about that? But you're trying to broaden her eyes. No, you wanted her to get her stuff that you liked instead of stuff that she liked. That's the problem. You're fucking selfish. And yeah, you screwed up. You should have just bought her the stuff that she wanted. Stupid. Move on to the next one. Am I wrong to expect my colleague to be available for meetings at 8 a.m.? My department works remotely. And we each choose our, our set hours so long as they are within the hour of 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. My colleague has chosen 8 to 5. However, when I try to schedule an 8 a.m. meeting, he says it's too early and a little later is okay if I don't mind him eating breakfast. He says mornings are, are hard because of the morning workouts. Nice. He suggests meeting at 9. Cool. And my old-fashioned thinking colleagues should be ready for work during their workday unless their calendar is marked busy at the office. Um, all right. Maybe not 9. Definitely not 8. 8.30 is perfect. 8.30 is like, look, it's been 30 minutes. You're at work. Come on. Be ready. So 8.30 is good. 8.30 is good. Everybody can be ready for an 8.30 meeting, okay? As long as they know what the meeting's about, they can be mentally prepared for it. But going right into work in an 8 a.m. meeting, you're just, you're not being old-fashioned. You're just, you're being a pain in the ass. I mean, yeah, just don't do it. Just don't do it. I, I used to have these car sales meetings like once a week, like right when we walked in. But that was like a Sunday when the place didn't open until like 10 o'clock. So it doesn't really count. Yeah, 8.30. Definitely 8.30. Let's move on to the next one. Should I ask my in-laws, whom I've known for 10 years, if I can call them by their first names? I've been married for six months and have known my husband and his family for 10. 
I get along with them well. I get along well enough with his parents, but they are much more formal than mine, and still haven't invited to me to call them by their first names. Even when referring to each other in front of me, they might say, "Can you go and ask Mrs. Mr. Smith if he would like some coffee?" I'm a married woman in my 30s and member of the family. It makes me feel infant infantilized, infantilized, <laughs> and like an outsider to be still calling them Mr. and Mrs. at the same time. If I force the issue, how will I make them equally uncomfortable? I know I'll make them equally uncomfortable. How do I navigate this? Uh, don't. Some people are old-fashioned. Don't take you know. Just kind of leave it alone. I just leave it alone. You know, if that's what they want to refer to them as, okay. Maybe they have a, a seniority complex or whatever, but whatever. They're gonna die soon anyway, so who cares? Move on to the next one. Is words with friends a form of online flirting? Never played it. My wife is a borderline addicted to words with friends, an app game similar to Scrabble, and it's causing me concern. In addition to creating some strife within our marriage, it would be one thing. If she were only playing with other female players, but she was on an ongoing game with a former male classmate, which I consider to be a form of online flirting. Would you agree or am I overreacting? I still work and my wife is retired, so when I'm ready for bed because I have to get up early, she's wide awake and ready for late night games with friends, one in particular. I have suggested repeatedly that she go to bed when I go, but she says she isn't sleepy and is a late night person, so she stays up till 1 or 2 a.m. playing words with friends. This continues to cause disharmony in our marriage, and it's something... I have a hard time accepting as permissible. Well, it's not the friend request that's a problem, that's flirtatious. It's the, hey, let's go get some coffee or lunch later, and the all of a sudden coming home one or two hours late from work, that is the flirtatious part. And that does happen. It happens all the time, unfortunately. Um, that is what, what you should be concerned about. And that's when, if you're really that concerned about that, um, that's when you start uh, working on basically getting all of your finances in order and making sure that if something like this does come across as truth, that you basically are able to just cut all ties, uh, leave, and uh, have your backup finances all set to go um, in case the words with friends uh turns into a game of uh bed sheets and boner pills so at that point if you want to consider an out i mean there's nothing wrong with that however you're she's retired maybe she's just bored but yeah one to two a.m eh, well look i can see this going south totally uh, but however, is the, has she ever asked you to play with her or are you guys just, you know, in that, in that relationship, relationship that's stagnating or, you know, comfortable or something of that nature? I mean, is it one of those situations? Just figured I'd ask because if it is, maybe you ought to try sprucing th some things up or trying something different or I don't know. It, it, she's retired. So she's got time in her hands. What do you expect? So. I wouldn't take it too I wouldn't go too crazy with it, but if you start seeing behaviors that seemingly, you know, instead of her being home, she's out more often. And believe me, it's very easy for her to get away with things and you wouldn't even know it. Very, very easy. So if you were to, you know, make some worst case scenario preparations, I wouldn't fault you for it. Anyways.
I think that's about it for um, this uh, this week's Q and A. And I'm just kind of gonna fade off nice and quietly into the sunset that was 2021. I'd like to thank everybody who helped make this year uh, possible. Um, clients, friends, certain family, and um, you know, just really want to say thank you for all that you've done and every, everything that you've uh, uh, you know done to uh, be mate just just to be there i really do appreciate it there were some people that really did step up and give me some of the information that i needed or uh some of the tools to help me do 2021 right and um it's good it was a it's going to be a well-deserved break and um hopefully we'll see what 22 i promise that as far as my res my response to whatever next year brings it, uh, I will not shy away. I will not apologize. I will always be a resource. I'll always let you know what's going on as soon as it's actually fact. I will continue to post as often as I can. If I have to take a break with it because I'm, I'm like moving somewhere or doing something or have a huge project, I will let you know. I will just try to be as transparent as possible. I just, you guys got to understand that, uh, it took a lot to get here in 2021. 2021 2022 will be just as much of a challenge if not way more of a challenge but i have a, a four-legged son to look after a lot of responsibilities and i have some contracts coming up that i need to work on potentially that could uh, prove for a few fruitful future but i still have a lot of work to do and i hope you guys understand that this has been many years in the making and uh, I hope to capitalize on it whenever possible, no matter how big or small, no matter hard or easy. I just want you guys to know I'm, I am trying every single week to uh, be consistent, if at least anything. But as you can see, if you're watching the video, um, there are so there are those that I need to pay a lot of attention to. And uh, it's well-deserved. So I just wanted to say thank you and close out this year quietly. And uh, moving to 2021, hopefully with a little more energy. But uh, you guys have a, a Merry Christmas and, you know, enjoy, uh, you know, popping the champagne on New Year's Eve. And uh, I hope you guys uh, have something to look forward to for next year. But thank you again. I appreciate you all. And I will talk to you all in the next year. You guys know where to find me. You should know that by now. Recorded here from the sandbox this has been a positive sarcasm presentation Take it in Let the show